Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Well, we've made it another week, haven't we? Good for you. Good job. It's good to see all of you. Um, These are trying times. And I think what's really trying about them is that we now have come to the realization that this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And because of that, we feel, and I think accurately, that we are in a trial. Anybody feel like you're in a trial right now? Yes. This feels like, okay, if there's ever going to be a description of a trial that I can experience in my life, it's now. It's happening right now. And really the whole world is going through it. Things are changing moment by moment, aren't they? So that's why we've went back to the book of James. James is one of the earliest books written in uh, the first century. It has a very Jewish feel to it, so it, it lets us know that it was very close to just Jewish origins, which means it's, it holds with it the, the, the salient truths that were so important at the beginning. It's also interesting to note that it was Jesus' brother, which, you know, if people who don't believe in the Bible, I mean, it's like... If you can call your brother Lord, really, I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. No guy would ever want to call his brother Lord, but James did. James became a believer. Now, here's why all of this is important. Because when we look through the book, we find that there's some truths that are so important and foundational to who we are as believers today, going forward. And when things get haywire and things get hectic and things get crazy, what happens? Things get out of hand. And it's time to hit a reset button and go back to what we know to be true. Last week, what we looked at was this idea that count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Why? Because it produces endurance in us. It produces something in us that we need. But we were told by a command to count it as joy. Why? Because our natural inclination is not to be joyful in a trial, right? No. You know. Our natural inclination is not to be joyful, but he's telling us something that's new to the human experience that says, count it as joy because you're going to, it's going to produce something in you. It's going to produce life in you, life and more life. And, and that's what's important, this endurance, that's what it does. But this week, it, it follows up on that by saying, if this is James chapter 1, If any of you lacks wisdom, okay, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe 
and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the seas blown and tossed by the wind. And that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. You see, what we're going to learn in today's message is this. We're going to learn that God will provide us with wisdom, the much-needed ability to handle the business of life. Uh, We like to say this affirmation before we get started. You're welcome to say it along with me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I welcome all he has for me today. By his word, he guides me. By his spirit, he strengthens me. By his will, he's transforming me. I am his workmanship, his unique work of art. And may his will be done in me today. I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to talk today about asking and receiving and believing. Asking and believing. Asking and believing and trusting in God. Because if there was ever a time that we needed something from God, it's right now. If there's ever a time that you and I need wisdom to navigate through these waters that we're in that are pretty turbulent, it's right now. We need God's wisdom. And God says, if you're in a trial, count it as joy. If you're in a trial, it's going to produce endurance in you. And if you ask me, if you have a need, ask me for wisdom and I'm going to give it to you and I'm not going to hold back. And I'm not going to fault you for it. Because wisdom is what is needed in order to navigate all of life. To navigate it successfully. All right, ask for what you lack. Verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Here I am, God. This is what I need, wisdom. The word that is used there in, in a Greek language is Sophia. Many of you have named your kids, what a beautiful name. But it, it means in the New Testament, skill in the affairs of life. It's practical wisdom, okay? It's wise management as shown in the forming of the best plans, okay? Or the best means. Ideas of sound judgment and good sense, common sense but common sense that is rooted in God. You say, well, we've got the Word of God, we've got the Bible, why do I care? I mean, a lot of folks have considered themselves what we call nuns. That they grew up in church, they went to Sunday school, but somehow none of it works out anymore. I don't really care anymore, and so I'm just, I'm out. And I'm, I'm heading toward, I would call myself an agnostic or an atheist. Or I had a friend recently who said he was a deist. And it's because for whatever reason, that religion, that expression of the faith has become irrelevant. It's not compelling anymore. There's a lot of different reasons for that, but, but the truth is, when you step beyond the Creator, when you step beyond what God has given us, then you're left with science. You're left with physics. And I'm not, listen, I'm not 
smart at all in those areas. I just, I could barely remember those words. But you're left with the confines of determinism, which says there is no real meaning. Meaning is an illusion. Uh, to believe that there is something that we would determine as a mind is an illusion as well. Because it's all based and determined by the certain laws of physics and the way that the, the universe has come together, we can't explain how it did, by the way. It'd be interesting to see how this beautiful, amazing event that has come to be in, the, in, in this universe that no one has ever seen before, that you have these intricate human beings who walk here, and we would consider ourselves to have minds, to have value. But in a world without God, there is, it's only an illusion. It's only an illusion. And what, one of the central messages of the gospel in the scripture is this, is that God is not an impersonal force. God's not some impersonal force that it just was out there and, and then the worlds begin to form. God is not that way. God, we are told, has a mind. Okay? God has a mind. And God has created human beings, if we follow this book, created human beings in his image, what we call the Imago Dei, and that means that they are to have minds as well. And we communicate with our minds, we communicate with our voices. But if it's just things that are firing off according to to the numbers and according to the way the, the universe is built, then it's just determinism and the thoughts and feelings and the ideas that you have are merely an illusion. But we find out that God has a mind and he knows he's given us a mind and he communicates with our minds. That's why when you go through trials, it's important. When you are told to count it as joy, you're retraining your natural inclination to think joyfully. When you're told that if you're missing something, if you have lack, call upon me and I'll, I'll, I'll give you wisdom. Because the mind that we have is important and what God has given us is very important. And the practical wisdom of navigating daily life, especially in this age, Especially in an age when, when you, you and I are thinking, okay, um, I can remember when this first started taking place early on this year, and we were laughing and telling everybody, make sure you wash your hands and don't shake people's hands, and we did a little foot bump on the stage and thought we were cool. Nobody had any idea as to where it was going. And people who say that they've figured it out and what's going to happen, I don't think so. We're all in for a ride. And because of that, it's important for us to reset and get back to the basics, okay? That learning to remember to ask and to believe God. Ask and believe and receive from him. To know that making wise choices is important to God for us.
And he offers that wisdom to us. He's not hidden it away. He's offered it to us. He says, come and ask. Proverbs chapter 2, Proverbs, all of us love the book of Proverbs. Short, pithy sayings that are powerful and usually somehow connected to being wise. In the message translation, I'm going to read you quite a long passage, but just bear with me. Good friend, take heart that what I'm telling you, collect my counsel and guard them with your heart. Tune your ears to the world of wisdom. Set your heart on the life of understanding. That's right. If you make insight your priority, you won't take no for an answer. Searching for it like a prospector panning for gold. Like an adventurer on a treasure hunt. Believe me, before you know it, fear of God will be yours. You'll have come up upon the knowledge of God. And here's why. God gives out wisdom free. Is plain spoken in knowledge and understanding. He is rich. I mean, he's a rich mine of common sense for those who live well, a personal bodyguard to the candid and the sincere. Sincere. He keeps his eyes on all those who live honestly and pay special attention to his loyally committed ones. So now you can pick out what's true and fair and find the good trails. Lady Wisdom will be your close friend and brother knowledge your pleasant companion. Said so beautifully. He said, if you're going to pursue something, pursue this. You see, it's not always just asking God to fix it. God, I tied this thing up in a bunch of knots and it's too tight and I can't. Can you fix this? It's all messed up right now. Can you? Will you do it? It's not just that. Sometimes we need that kind of help from God. But he's also given us a mind. The ability to think. To reason. And he says, if you're going through a trial and you lack wisdom and you need advice from me, then ask. Okay? Ask for his, his advice, his will, his wisdom in your current circumstances. That's really important. To be able to do that, to see that, to understand that. That's really important. That God says, not only ask for help, but ask for wisdom to maintain and to grow and prosper in the situation. Proverbs 7, uh, chapter 4 says it best. Above all and before all, get wisdom. Write it at the top of your list. Get understanding, period, exclamation point. In all of that getting, in all of that getting of wisdom, We have to fall back on the character and the nature of who God is and what he does. If God is far off and distant, if God isn't close by, if God is uncaring, then we will be less likely to go to him and ask for wisdom and insight. Better to be feared. 
But we're told here in verse 5, he said, If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. He comes, and he gives generously, and he does it without finding fault. He does it without finding fault. There's never a sense here that he's saying, well, I told you so. I told you so. It's your fault. You should have done better. You're an idiot. Listen, God knows that you're an idiot already. You know that already. But he is a person that we never have to be embarrassed about explaining something to because he already knows the truth. He already knows the truth. And this is a comfort. God's not judgmental, okay? He's a real help. He's not false. He helps to restore us. He, his help is beautiful, the way that he does it. And he gives us hope. You see, that, that's the difference with him. You know, the idea is that the Father knows best. God knows best. God has the right wisdom. God is the one who has the abilities that far outstrip our own. Did you, any of you here, were you alive when that show came out, Father's know, Knows Best? I don't think I ever really watched a whole episode, but the name was just so compelling. Because I, that's what I think of when I think of the Lord. Father knows best. And the show would be like, something would go on, and then little Johnny or whatever the daughter would do something. And then at the end, you're sitting down in front of your dad, and he's explaining life to you. <clears throat> My, now, the show that I love is uh, Andy of Mayberry, or Andy Griffith's show. Anybody ever watch that? I mean, you, who doesn't love Andy torturing Don Knotts or Barney into just losing it every episode? But there's always some kind of, I don't know why in these shows, but the dad was never married and he always had a son. But <laughs> dad has this little son, Opie, and Opie's trying to do something nice, but dad overreacts and hurts Opie's feelings and finally dad feels bad. And in the end of the show, you always had this sort of sad, music and, and Opie's kind of crying and dad leans down and gives him a great lesson and the message of those shows was that you know you can trust your father it was a, it was a big deal that the father did know best even though they were imperfect in, in our sense we can trust our father and go to him and ask him and we can ask him because he is the one who is generous and he is the one who gives. He said, if anyone last wignum, last wignum, lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. How important are your good friend's phone numbers? Anybody? Really good friends, people that you depend upon. How, 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 how important are they? They're really important. Your family members' phone numbers are really important. But did you know that God has a phone number that you can call? Jeremiah 33.3. 3. Write that number down. 
Call to me, and I will answer you. I will tell you of marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Marvelous and wonderful things that you could never figure out on your own. See, that, that's, that's the issue there. God has a phone number. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I always hate it if I call somebody and they don't pick up. Big pet peeve. Anybody like that? I was, had a <clears throat> feeling in my heart about a friend of mine, and I just hadn't heard from him, and I know that he's been, the industry that he's in is really running through the meal, and uh, I just had him on my heart, and I tried to call him. Well, couldn't get a hold of him, and I kind of freaked out. I'm like, what's going on? I mean, he's not answering his phone. There must be something bad happened. Something's going on there. Truth was, he was just out camping with his kids, <laughs> and everything was okay. But you get that, you expect that answer, and God says, call me. He is the generous one. Ask the one who is generous. Do you like asking to borrow something or ask for something from somebody who's stingy? They teach you how not to ask them because they reject you every time. I mean, I'm always asking my friends for like really important stuff like, hey man, give me some of those chips. Come on, man, give me some, give me some of those chips. And I'll have friends who are like, no, no COVID fingers in here, get out of here, no. But others are you know, like, okay, so you ask the buddy that will give it to you. God is the one, the father that you can ask, who says, come to me, call me, and I'm gonna show you some great things, things that you can't imagine. But trust me in this, because I am the generous one. God is a generous God, and God will have wisdom for you, God will have abilities for you that will far outstretch what you think is possible for yourself. Why? Because he loves his children. He really does. And he's serious about his love. And his love is beautiful. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You know this passage, but <clears throat> it's worth reading again. Love never gives up. Love cares more for the others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always saying, me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of sins of others, doesn't revel in other, when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, Puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Now, if that's the character that we, we come to find of, a God, of how God wants us to be, and when love is fully and active in us, and we're living in that truth, then it must be reflective of his mind and the mind that he wants us to have. His wisdom, his truth, his way of loving. And when we read that and, and we realize this is how we're to love one another, this is how we're to be in relationship with other people, then we have to realize that this is the way that he loves. Couldn't you go to a generous person like that? 
and know that they're going to think the best about you, not think you're a total idiot. He says, why? He says, come to me, because I'm the generous one. Come to me, because I'm not stingy. I'm the one who gives. His character is bound up in his love. All right. A final note that we have to consider here is that he calls us to ask without doubting. Verse 6 of James 1. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. How many of you have ever seen the movie Cast Away? I watched it again this week. A guy gets stranded on a desert island. He finds a, a deflated uh, volleyball, paints a picture on the front, puts some stick hair in the top, and names it Wilson because that's the name on the ball. And he becomes really good friends with him. But toward the end, he, he makes a raft and, and tries to get off of the island. And the, it was rudderless. It was just a pile of wood stacked out in the ocean. And when the big waves and storms would come and crash on this guy, I was just reminded of why I'm, anytime they have the deadliest whatever and it's connected to the ocean or the craziest storm or whatever it is, I'm reminded of don't go in the ocean. Just don't go in the ocean. And so I had that image in my mind as I read this passage of just being tossed to and fro without any rudder. You see, the, the rudder holds the, the, you can steer the ship with it in a ballast. And, and it allows you to go from here to over there. Okay? And that's what he's saying about us. He said, if you ask and you doubt in that process, you're not going to receive anything from me because as soon as you receive something from me, you're going to toss it away and ask somebody else. And then you go back and forth. And here's the waves and back and forth and to and fro and crashing waves and never feeling like you're getting anywhere. Only adrift when he's saying, I want you going forward. I want you going that way. And that's, that's what he does. That's what he's asking for from us, is to ask without doubting. Believe is trust. Doubt is a lack of trust. Believing is, is trust. <clears throat> Doubt is a lack of trust. And it's all about relationships. And if you know him, you will trust him. And this is better to know him because the more that you know him, the more that you trust him. The more that you know him, the more that you trust him. But there's a problem with being double-minded. It is a wind-blown faith. And it's not really faith at all. It, 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 it cannot stand. And we can't expect to receive anything from the Lord because if you're double-minded, you're constantly going to be looking for answers everywhere. And now, my friends, in this current environment that we live in, 
is not a time to take our focus off of the one who actually gives us wisdom. It's not a time to take your focus off of, off of the reality of somebody that really has made an effort toward you, who has the character and ability, whose mind created all of this, whose mind he offers to you. I mean, there is so much information that we have to sift through. But you know what? You don't have to sift through any of the information in this book. You can read it and enjoy it. You can be comforted by it. You can be challenged by it. And if you feel like you're a person that has problems doubting all the time, you don't have to be embarrassed by that. But what he's asking you to do is say, stop it. If your natural inclination is to doubt, then stop it. It's interesting, a lot of the disciples got nicknames. Can you imagine being Thomas? Hi, my name's Thomas. Oh, the doubter. Yeah. Yeah, you doubted Jesus. I'm, I heard about that. But Jesus met his doubt. Put your, hand, put your fingers over here. Put your, hey, come on. I'm bigger than your doubt. I'll meet you there. So don't get down about it, but pay attention to it. Because we're going to be confronted again and again with circumstances that will shatter or challenge our faith. That will challenge our families, challenge our families' relationships, challenge our finances, challenge what we believe. And he says, look unto me. If you're in the middle of a trial, count it as joy. If you lack wisdom, ask. I'm the one who's generous. I'll give it to you. But don't doubt. Don't doubt me. I'm not a person to be doubted. Boy, what character that is. You know, there's some people, maybe yourself, you can say, I can see why some people would doubt me from time to time given them enough reason to. But what about the Lord himself? He says, don't doubt me, because I'm no flake. Don't doubt me and bespurk my character and say that I'm a flake, because I'm not one. And I'm not going to give you anything with that. You know, oh Lord, I really want to trust you, but... I called a friend up the other day and they were reading something on Facebook and I found out that I could do that again 10 times in a row. So what's it going to be? He says, don't doubt me. Come to me with faith because that's my character. My character is love. My character is one of acceptance of you. And also, my character is one to be trusted, not to be doubted. I like that. that. That sets it right. That says, pay attention. Figure it out. Why? God wants trust in a relationship, just like we all want trust in a relationship, and you can't doubt him. So we have to settle our minds, right, that he is the source that gives us real hope. 
And I hope this for you and I, as we continue in the book of James, we're going to encounter stuff uh, probably almost every day this week, from maybe figuring out how your kids are going to go to school, or your grandkids, how you are going to get your kid to work if you're a single parent, how that's going to work out, how you're going to get that done. When is the money going to run out? There's a revolution. Oh, by the way, right in the middle of a big, the big, huge world event, we have a revolution taking place in our country. And we're at an election year. This is the kind of wisdom we need. How to get through this. How to make it through. How to see it right. To see it for what it's worth. How to hear his voice. How to hear his mind in the universe. Hear his mind of the power of the Spirit. That's what we need. If you didn't jot it down before, I'll close with this. Jot his number down. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. You could never figure it out on your own. Call me. Call me. It's not like God says this and it, because they're like, hey, call me, we'll get lunch. You know, no. He means it. He means it. And so call upon them this week in the days to come when your burden is heavy. After this service, first service, went outside and was visiting with some folks and they just began to explain what they were going through. And it was so stereotypical of what's happening right now. And it was tr it's tragic, but I said, let's just take what he says, what we just read, Let's take it to heart and trust him and ask him right now, together. And we'll continue to do so. It's just a matter of putting it into practice. And we'll find that this practice for us is going to be wonderful and glorious. And we're going to make it through. We're going to make it through by God's grace, by God's power and his ability. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the challenge, for the rebuke, for the insight, for the conviction. And Father, we just ask that you would give us insight and wisdom, that it would be added, Lord, to perseverance and endurance. I pray for my friends here, Lord, and was watching that your spirit would rest upon us take residence in us and move through us Lord to share your name and to share your gospel and to be wise in a generation that is so divided shine the light Lord in dark places in Jesus' name, we ask that you rescue many. Amen. This concludes today's message. 
We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.